This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Good morning, Thursday morning here on Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, Shane Schillerberg. On the board, running things over there at Hale Varsity Club this morning. A great venue for you to spend all of your uh, all of your time when you want to watch your favorite sporting event. Come to Hale Varsity Club. Just a, a, a fantastic place for food, drink, and all things sports. Now, um, we start today with shocking shocking news that completely blindsided blindsided Husker Nation. We realize this is sensitive information and could be triggering to some if you or someone you know is struggling with issues like this. Visit the Get Help tab on the Nebraska Coalition webpage. A number to dial is 888-799-7223 or text START to 88788. Mickey Joseph was arrested for strangulation and third degree domestic assault yesterday afternoon. And Nebraska has currently placed him on administrative leave. Now, some may be asking, what is, what is third-degree assault in Nebraska? What constitutes third-degree assault, third assault in Nebraska? So a person commits third-degree assault in Nebraska if he or she intentionally, intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly causes bodily injury to another person or threatens another in a menacing manner yeah i mean obviously uh it's a, a super uh difficult situation i think uh for a lot of people involved and you know, i went through this in my head uh a lot yesterday just kind of the highs and the lows uh went back and looked at my my text thread um and kind of my conversations and you know, we were just, Coach Joseph and I were going to get together two days ago uh, for dinner. Then we talked yesterday about what his schedule was. Um, he had the Zoom with Tulsa. You know, I, I texted him at 1233. Are we, uh, you know, we good to go? You know, I wanted to know about the Zoom. He said, I have to... Uh, meet with coach Satterfield so let's hold off because I've got to have some serious discussions with you know my family and when I I called him just to make sure that he was good and you know he'd hung up on me so I didn't I didn't I didn't think much of it but uh then the rest of the afternoon unfold, and I read the timeline, and it, it started to make sense. And so, for me, um, you know, a ton of things went through my mind, right? It's family that um, I obviously know really well. 
Um, just had breakfast with Coach Joseph and his kids Friday. Um, saw Mickey's wife on the way to the the workout facility at the hotel. Uh, spoke there, gave high fives, some dabs, and and uh, and and so many things went through my mind yesterday. And first and foremost, I feel like um, this isn't about being right. This is about getting it right. And so there's a lot of information out there. I think the the general public isn't privy to. And that's okay. Um, we'll see what happens today after um, the arraignment. And bond is set. You know, you cannot get out for domestic violence, which I don't know if you know this. Unfortunately, uh, Andrew, and for some of our listeners, I know all too well. Um, went through an episode when I was in Lincoln. Um, I did not make the trip to Michigan State. And um, I had a bad ankle and was at home. It was late um, and had a, um, my significant other came by, had a secure building. It's probably, I don't know, 2.30 in the morning. Uh, there was a disagreement over some pictures. Uh, one, and I had a huge shoebox full of pictures of her. I, put them on my wall and mm -hmm. um and uh, you know pr proceeded to uh get into an altercation about whether to come in my building or not and so i'm and i'm only telling you this to set the stage mm -hmm. right because it's personal to me i've had domestic violence pop up in my family and uh, there's this situation that I can speak to firsthand. So when the situation was going on, there was some back and forth through the door. And it turns out I'm, I go back upstairs to my apartment, and I'm the one that ends up calling the police. It's, it, my license, there were some issues going on with my vehicle outside. And so in the meantime, my neighbors had buzzed her in. Like, they, she came in when they came in. So there was, like, some pound on my door. And, and I came out, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? And, and, and I remembered distinctly, like, like kind of her lunging at me to, like, get my stuff. So I'm, like, holding her hands, like, protecting my face, like, around her wrists. And I'm like, hey, you know, we're not doing this, yada, yada, yada. So I walk, I walk, I kind of tumble or whatever down the stairs, just trying to get out of the building because we, I, I have neighbors. So in the meantime, when I'm in the parking lot, you know, she's kind of just pushing and shoving and there's some grabbing and there were some scratches um, on my face and about... So she ends up leaving. So about 20 minutes later, there's a knock on my door, and it's the Lincoln Police Department. Now we're talking probably, I don't know, 3.30 maybe? And they explained to me the situation, and they had checked out the police call. They had been to her house, and she had some marks on her wrist 
from evidently from mm -hmm. the restraint and um you know i didn't i wasn't familiar with the domestic violence policy whatever whatever and so i was arrested and i'm like well wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute like what about my this my is story? this is totally backwards and Langan police department uh, did, I, I felt, even then, I felt like they did a really good job. Like, I think if those officers are still on, on staff, like, they would tell you, um, super complicit. I felt like they explained it to me. Well, and I didn't think it was fair, but they explained it to me. And um, I said, hey, you know, that's not what it was, you know. So short story long, um, you know, I had to meet with Coach Osborne the, the very – so that was Saturday night going into Sunday morning. Caught wind of it uh, the, the the next Monday because that night Lawrence Phillips had gotten in trouble as well. And I don't know the backstory about why my deal came out the same time LPs did, but, you know, somebody had joked about the hair, you know, you want Benning's mugshot too and whatever, and Coach Osborne called it like 5.45 in the morning. It was 5.40 in the morning because I didn't think – you know, a whole lot of it. And um, my roommates came and, and and got me out the next day, which was on a Sunday. And so um, I remember Coach Osborne telling me, and this is kind of the beginning of the nugget for Coach Joseph mm -hmm. and their family situation because there's a lot of feelings and kids involved and he said, he asked me my side of the story, and he told me that I better be telling the truth. He said, you better be telling me the truth, or you're gone. So, you know, I was a, I was a little um, uneasy about that. I felt like, now remember, I'm young, and, and I don't see quite things as maturely as he did, right? I'm like, but I'm right, and this, that, and the other. It turns out, short story long, she didn't press charges the state, the district attorney picked up charges Gary Lacey at the time and on a Tuesday or Wednesday um, because my neighbors had caught wind and this was unbeknownst to me my neighbors came forward to say what they saw to support what I had told the staff short story long they ended up dropping the charges exonerated whatever it's not like the only people that issued like a public apology it was on espn and i remember kurt mckeever doing an article in the lincoln journal star and and tom chattel did one here you know you know the smile back on benning's face and this that and the other and, and i immediately flashed back to that yesterday because a couple of things happened number one i kind of figured out like who's for me and who isn't but again this i'm gonna eventually not make this about me mm -hmm. It's amazing how people just want information, but don't really care about the fact that I'm extremely close with this family. So right. that was disturbing unto itself. The other thing was, we don't really know what happened. We we know that um, we know what the report says. I know that uh, there are a couple of other adults in the house. We'll see what the police report says and how it actually um has presented it itself what um priscilla will proceed to do today what the other uh adults one was both were in the basement um at the time 
one was cold to the resident. This I know just because it's obviously close to me, so I can. And and that will be that will be for another discussion. It's not for that part is not for me to say. And I'm not trying to one up. You got to hear my heart. I'm just telling you that there is a lot of information that is not readily available to the public. So I'm just taking the wait and see approach. Saw a lot of nasty things on social media. That's shame on me for being on social media. There were a lot of assumptions were made. And unfortunately, I felt like it was kind of a male-female thing. And I just want to, I want people to guard against that and just understand this one isn't about being right. It's about getting it right. And so whatever the justice system decides after they get all the facts, I just want people to have an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious, Drew Down, because they're so, we're so quick to, with limited information and have things based on optics paint things a certain way and and by no means should we use anything that's transpired in the last 24 hours to validate or vindicate job positions on staff right there's just a certain level of people decorum that we've got to use this isn't about this this isn't about the job situation this isn't about anything other than a family that is going to go through a very difficult situation with kids involved for whatever the reason and you know I try to reconcile um, what I think I know what I do know what I want to say what I can say, what I have to be patient to say, and all at the end of the day know that real people that I care about are in right vault. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a lot. I, I just, and, and I mean, we'll obviously take calls. I, I can't remember the number. Uh, off the top of my head, it's eight 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 something six three eight four eight seven six six three eight four eight seven six. Um, I just would ask for uh, patience mm-hmm. and, and a little care and concern because I think it's interesting, Andrew. When whenever real life happens, I think to people and and they're in vulnerable positions. It's it's strange how there's the kind of this this human need to, to validate what it is that we've thought all along or what we believe. And sometimes it just rarely is that the time, right? It's like we got we to pull back a little bit and, and look at it in its totality and actually see what's going on for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Don't, Sever- just, don't se- just see what you, you want to see. see to validate your thought process because there were a couple of other adults there and I do know one was um, another was called to the resident to help residents to help alleviate the situation before it escalated like those are things that I know Mm -hmm. for a fact right so I mean 
I, I guess we'll see what people want to share, what people are willing to share. But at this particular juncture, as I look at, you know, a family that I care an awful lot about and on a personal level, uh, a coach that is a, an extremely good friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, you, you're just hoping for the best in a situation like this. You know, a couple of days ago, not only I, but we, and I would even venture to say Husker Nation, lobbied to keep Mickey on staff. Mm-hmm. It was 100% based on coaching, right? But as we talked to you this morning, of course, everything changed. It, this is something that I always say about social media. It, it goes to show regardless of what you see in the media or what you think you know about a person, you only, know base, you only know that person based on what you're being shown. Mm-hmm. So in my case, my relationship with Mickey Joseph is what I see in press conferences, how I saw him coach on the field, how I saw him handle recruits. And it was 100% based on coaching. But you don't know what's going on in somebody's life behind the scenes. Yeah. And I agree to your point 100% when you say patience, because patience needs to be taken here. You know, I use the words authentic and genuine to describe him as a coach, and I think those terms can be looked at at a couple of, at a couple of different angles. Yeah. When on the one hand, authenticity is everything you are, everything that you stand for. And then on the other hand, it could just be pieces of somebody's life. So don't dive too deep into what people have said about Mickey Joseph over the years, for one. Mm. Handle the situation with grace. Because, not, I mean, I'm a man of faith. I'm hurt for the people and the parties involved here. I really am. And I'm an outsider looking in. I don't even have the same relationships that DB has with the Joseph family. And I, I, I pray for those affected in this matter. And my biggest, my biggest point of emphasis here is before speculation happens, before assumptions are made, I want to hammer this point home. Before you speculate, let the facts come out and tell the story. Let them surface. Don't just sit back and start making up what the story you want or think that should be told because you hear something here, you hear something there. Let the facts surface. And then accountability can follow if it should follow. Yeah, I, th- I think in this particular case, Drew Down, it's awful complicated because I think for – there's going to be a fine line. I'm just going to say this. There's a fine line between what we should know versus what we need to know versus what we ought to know. And for, I think, the family involved, how can I say this? Um, There's a lot of layers Mm -hmm. that they would have to unpeel going back to tell the whole story. Hopefully, this is on the fly. This is live radio, so... But that's really what I'm trying to say. And I don't know if the family would want to or should do that. I'm just an innocent bystander that that cares. Mm-hmm. But 
I, in in my opinion, in order to I think tell the complete story, if they want to, it's a listen. It's a it's a private matter, but it's a public figure. So the fine line that they have to walk is, as a as a public figure, what do I want to do to either validate or vindicate whatever it is people think about me versus I need to protect my family going forward because we, we have young people involved. I mean, just imagine balancing that dynamic. Do, and I don't care if you're Mr. or Mrs. Joseph. Do, do I double down and save face for me at the expense of us? I don't envy that task. I don't envy that discussion. But I just think I can safely say with 100% accuracy, it's, it's, it's bigger than the moment that escalated yesterday. And, and I think it, it's such a private deal. And privacy is something that just hardly exists anymore which is which is a shame so that's the thing that like if you're asking me like golly why are you so emotional well yeah it's obviously a very good friend that i that i I literally just talked to right roughly as i piece this thing together 10 minutes before this escalated which he appeared to have a i don't know Mm. i'm I'm not going to speculate there's i just don't know what I would be willing to do. Do I just shut it down and say damage done and, and try to and, and piece it together? Or do I want valid? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I really, really would just caution people um, to just kind of take a step back in its totality. And it's okay to not have a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. It really is because it's easy to drum up social media and people can look it up later and there are young people involved and you have some strong-willed people and you have some people that are in some difficult spots, right? Mainly folks that were in the house at the time. So um, it's a lot going on. What to say, what not to say. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation all around. And when I said privacy doesn't exist anymore, which is a shame, I'm not saying privacy of the incident so that it gets, you know, brushed under the rug. I mean privacy for the family. And in this case, when you're talking about a high-profile figure in the city of Lincoln, it's going to be hard to Well, even reading the initial priest report, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, it's not something they do in a situation like this, but given the high-profile nature of the incident it uh is very 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 you, difficult. you said a great point there though db because caution you use the word caution we should all take caution and care and show respect to the parties and uh, these here. are real life people um and if you need help again or if you know somebody that needs help visit get the get help tab on the nebraska coalition webpage the number to dial is 888-799-7223 or text start to 88788 but you know we just really wanted to approach 
this delicate situation with as much caution and care and respect. I mean, I respect is a big thing here. Something yeah. to grasp onto because not only is, is does respect need to go to the audience, but more importantly, the parties involved. I get it, man. It's a it's a tough situation, and uh, I just again. The moral of the story is take care of one another without it being at somebody else's expense. We'll take a short break. Coffee and cream next.